0: It is officially November. We have flipped the calendar to November. And call to action for all of you jumping in. Please comment below when the appropriate time to start listening to Christmas music is. I believe it's now. Pat, your take?
1: Can't believe you disrespect the pilgrims like that. (laughs) That is my take. Let's give, it, let's give it a few weeks. Let's let November play out. How about we? November 1. Getting aggressive over there, Billy
0: Ray. I only have one speed, and it's full speed. We are the Sons of Saturday. Uh, we are here to preview the most important game that Virginia Tech has played in November since 2019. The Hokies are traveling to Louisville for a battle for second place in the ACC. It's going to be tremendous. We cannot wait for it, um, but I do, before we get started, want to talk about something that um, was on the timeline today. We mentioned it briefly on the last podcast. We, uh, shout out to our film crew, Chris and Eric, we started dropping some hints on the content to come. Um, we partnered up with the basketball program to uh, help elevate local businesses, national businesses, hokey owned businesses and also elevate our NIL efforts for Hokies basketball. So I do want to say a huge thank you to everybody who made that possible. Eric, Chris, every business involved. You can see if you're watching on YouTube, we did do the recruiting photo shoot. It was awesome. It was hilarious. Um, And yes, look, we knew. We knew when we put this out there would be some needling There would be some mean comments, but we also knew that most of you are probably laughing at us and laughing with us at the same time. Um, So Pat, I know you had some of your favorite comments that you wanted to, that you wanted to share from this.
1: I sure did. We had, and this was after, let's be honest, guys and gals, this was after a, a long day, a long morning of shooting content. We had, we had Benny's. We had R&R Wellness. We were working with Whitley's Peanuts. Um,
0: Highline. Ox BT, Highline Highlane. Uh, Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Um, Benny's Pizza. Roback. Roback. I mean, the Renew we pulled and Restore, out all the stops. The Renew and Restore Wellness
1: interview that we did with Liz will be uh, pretty silly. Um, but I will I will show that yes. Sorry for the delay. So we went on uh, went on Instagram. Posted this picture. Posted <laughs> this picture. <laughs> but the picture that was getting a lot of attention was this picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the uh, fade away, Billy. But uh, it was funny. Instagram versus Twitter. It's not Instagram versus reality. It's Instagram versus Twitter and the kind of commentary and feedback you're going to receive. <laughs> um, Twitter, everyone was mean. Or a lot of people were mean. Mostly mean. Instagram, everyone was fired up. They said, you guys are just having such a good time. I, I clipped a few of these. We'll just we'll just show them one by one here. Uh, Claire Rooney, congratulations. How exciting. Now Kathleen Finn is the solo NARP Finn sibling. Uh, thank you, Claire. <laughs> Devin Wilson, this is pure gold. Are you smitting me? Billy Ray, dollar shave club NIL deal. When? <laughs> VT section seven. You don't want that. Great job. Now do swimming and diving. We may respectfully and politely decline. Kenny Barnes, Christmas calendar loading. Isaiah Ford, this man shooting a wrong legged fadeaway. Let's go back to the picture. <laughs>
0: I suppose he's correct. He
1: is certainly correct. Andy Bucky, uh, in the caption, we did University of Virginia Tech. So, uh, Virginia Tech University, get it right. (laughs) Don't mock our fine student-athletes, says Ken's (laughs) thoughts. Ken, thank you for your comment. And Storm Murphy, this goes crazy. It does. While we have everyone's attention... Should we just talk about the Duke story? Should we just should
0: we just put it out there? It's been addressed ad nauseum. I'm happy. I'm happy to talk about it again. Billary Mitchell, I love the Boston Celtics. I have loved the Boston Celtics since I was a kid, um, and quite frankly, did not necessarily grow up a Virginia Tech fan from infancy like a Pat Finn. And I love the jerseys. I like skiing in jerseys. I like wearing jerseys when I was a youth, into uh, into bars and out and about. And um, when Jason Tatum was taken by the Boston Celtics, I went ahead and I got a Duke Jason Tatum jersey. Um, there is a photo floating around of a picture of me in the middle of the desert wearing it. There it is. Um, this is somewhere in between New Mexico and uh, New Mexico, Arizona, California um running out of clothes but uh look not a duke fan when virginia tech plays duke in any sport i root for virginia tech um but it's a funny shtick it is a good way to lean
1: into it 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 has become a good bit it is unfortunate though if if that's the only thing you've seen oh billy Mm -hmm. ray he's the duke fan but i gotta tell you it's just it's simply not true so it's 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 not a tired narrative but we just want to we just want to set the record straight
0: yes records Having said straight, thank you for that, Pat. Thank you for that platform and that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we have football to talk about. Uh, are we kicking this off with a hokey haiku? I don't think we received any hokey haikus. No hokey haikus this week, so we can jump right in to hokey history. And look, I, I want to set, <clears throat> I want to set some expectations about how I'm thinking about this football game. Tremendous, tremendous opportunity that Virginia Tech has put themselves in to compete ultimately um, for a really good chance to compete in Charlotte for the ACC championship. That is what is at stake for both teams this weekend. Louisville, Louisville, is a really, really good football team. Um, And I cannot wait to see how we stack up. This is a great opportunity for us as a measuring stick game Are we ahead of schedule? How do we compete against a team that recruits at a pretty high level, has done a great job in the portal, um, and it's just awesome, awesome to be even having this conversation. Past that, we talk about this as well. If I am talking about the ACC championship as a possibility, that is not going to defray the team's focus from focusing on beating Louisville. So I will not remain calm. I will not stay focused on the task at hand because the task at hand is for us to address what is at stake, and that is what we are doing. So without further ado, Pat Finn, as you do, and you do fantastically, let's jump into Hokie history.
1: So Louisville is, wouldn't call them a rival, even though this is a border war. Uh, This is our second time playing Louisville since they joined the ACC and we actually have not hosted them at Lane Stadium yet since they have joined the ACC. This is the first meeting since 2020 when we played them at their stadium in front of virtually no one during COVID and this is the ninth team that are uh, the ninth time that we have played Louisville in football where we hold a 6 to 2 series lead. Now there's really just two games that stand out here. The uh, 2021-2020 game that I uh, mentioned earlier, where Hendon Hooker had a pretty solid game. Uh, Tech won 42-35. to Khalil Herbert had an awesome game as well, 150 yards on the ground. Um, Tavion had an awesome day. Uh, I know that This was when they had Malik Cunningham. They had Tutu Atwell. um, Devin Taylor had a pick this game. It was kind of a weird time, though. Um, I mean, I I really think any game in 2020, just kind of have a hard time remembering it. Uh, Trey Turner had an awesome day as well uh, at Louisville in 2020. The game that most Hokie fans will have more vivid memories of was the 2005 Gator Bowl, which was actually on January 2nd, 2006. This is one of the best and most talented teams Virginia Tech really ever put together. You had Marcus Vick at quarterback. You had a nasty defense. You had solid receiving core. And then, uh, you know, really what happened in this game was that Justin Hamilton and uh, Daryl Tapp and the rest of Virginia Tech defense, James Anderson – Roland Meyer, Minor, uh, Brandon Flowers, Jimmy Williams. Guys just got after it. Uh Hunter Cantwell, the quarterback for Louisville, got absolutely destroyed on this day through three picks. And uh there was that one image. I wish we pulled it up here, but um where Jay Ham and Tap are just crushing Cantwell. And he has a um a plug for his nose because it was bleeding so much, and he actually it was just in the air um, because they had dislodged it on a hit. Marcus Vick ended up getting uh, kicked off the team after this day from stomping on Elvis Dumerville's calf. And Jimmy Williams also did uh, get ejected uh, in this game, which was unfortunate because you had a talented team, and the game really was more about the disciplinary actions that took place um, post Post game than it was about getting a nice win over a ranked team in Jacksonville uh, to end the season. Uh, but Tech one
0: won. Thing. Oh, go ahead. I, I have one thing about Elvis Doomerville.
1: Yeah, so um, but yeah. I mean, the defense had an awesome day. The, the things that people remember from this day, three things, in my opinion. Jimmy Williams got kicked out. Marcus Vick stomped on Doomerville's leg. And uh, Harper, and or not Harper, um, Hamilton and Daryl Tapp and the rest of the defense just destroying Hunter Cantwell.
0: Elvis Doomerville in 2005. I, I, I came across this stat when I was looking when we were doing a uh, Kenny Canem Gate a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Elvis Doomerville had 20 sacks in 2005. Elvis Doomerville, you want to watch some fu- fun film? Go pull up Elvis Doomerville from 2005. Absolutely dominant, dominant uh, he was for Louisville. So uh, that's my that's my only fact there. Storylines. So I figured to kick this off with a couple of fun storylines that don't really affect this game, but they're fun. Uh, Number one, Louisville basketball, which is an absolute hell. Um, They are just in a tough, tough spot. Uh, Coach Patino left him with some some hamstringing with uh, his recruiting, as I always say with situations like this. You go ahead and you ask Louisville fans, was it worth it? They would say yes. They would say yes. Um, but Louisville lost a game against Kentucky Wesleyan. Who's that? It's a Division II school <laughs> that went to the Yum Center and defeated Louisville. Uh, WTFC. What the F, Cardinals? Pretty crazy. Not a really good look for you all. And then the second storyline Tyler Bowen did indeed shave his beard. Um, so that is another. Uh, noteworthy storyline, but let's jump into some of the uh, some of the real stuff here.
1: Doug Bowman tweeted this earlier: Virginia Tech's game at Louisville will be the fifth game they've played with legit championship implications since 2013. So five times in a decade, once every other year. Huge bummer. 2013 is the year that I went off to college. So um, ever since you know I've been an adult, we have not really had that many chances of being in a championship. However, um, he did list four of them, and we're going to go back and do a little bit more hokey history. Uh, UVA 2019, which was a loss. Miami 2017, which was a loss. Georgia Tech 2016, which was a loss. And Boston College on the road in 2013, which was also a loss. Ooh. So 0-4 oh in these situations uh, It makes sense. We haven't been in a championship in a very long time. Uh, thankfully, we controlled our own destiny even after losing to Georgia Tech in 2016. But um, starting from the top, Virginia at UVA 2019. We all know about this one. We talk about this one a lot. Couldn't stop Bryce Perkins. He was the best player on the field that day, as Billy Ray always says. And that uh, that was kind of it. 39 to 30. They almost put really, really
0: three. good. Really, really good UVA front seven. By the way, I think that gets overlooked for, uh, with Bryce Perkins. Their front seven was fantastic that year as well. Yeah, tip your cap to uh, Zane
1: Zandir and uh, and Charles Snowden. Snowden was unbelievable. Miami, 2017, went to this game. Awful, awful. Uh, we turned it over four times. Our offense was just awful. We couldn't get anything going. We we picked off three passes
0: and only scored 10 points. Funny, funny enough, I, I'd be interested to see what other people think. You said this was like one of the loudest games that you'd ever been to. I always like
1: to talk about that because it, it is silly, truly silly how Miami's fan base is so hot and cold. Even earlier this year when they were ranked, they were, you know, four and zero or whatever, their stadium was empty. Uh, but 2017, you go back to then Mark Richt was the coach. You had Notre Dame go in there and they crushed Notre Dame. And then we went in there. I think we went in there like a week or two prior to Notre Dame. I forget what the order was. And they, crushed us and it was probably the loudest opposing stadium I've been to. I don't know if, you know, if, if it's the shape of the stadium, the plexiglass roof, how they keep the sound in, if there's pumping in noise, I but it was to say, or the speakers, it could be that speakers, too. <laughs> you know, Fraudulent frauds. That was tough. That was tough, but that was a meaningful football game in November. All of these are meaningful football games in November that Doug listed 2016 Georgia tech, Uh, One of the ugliest games in Lane Stadium in the last decade. And the score, Uh, 30 to 20, you might not think so. This was an awful showing by Virginia Tech in 2016. However, we looked great. The color palette was phenomenal. Orange (laughs) chrome helmets, maroon unis, just looked really good. White pants. The field was painted up nice. I mean, it, it was a dream. Everyone was excited. November 12th, clinch miss, they were calling it. Like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna win a coastal title today, and uh, Darian Green fumbled the opening kickoff, and we turned it over four times that day. We fumbled a snap on an early field goal that was turned over. Georgia Tech just dominated us from then on. Um, we lost this game thirty to twenty, but they had a thirty to seven lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was pure domination by Georgia Tech that day. This one I had to look up and watch YouTube clips of because I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Boston College, 2013. And just looking at the stat line, I was I was mightily confused as well. We lost the game 34 to 27. Logan Thomas, 391 yards through the air and two touchdowns. Joshua Stanford, six catches, 171 yards. However, we could not take care of the football. And we could not stop Andre Williams in the second half. The second half was the Andre Williams show. And it was the Virginia tech give the ball to the other team show. Uh, A few costly turnovers from Logan Thomas late in the game. So that's the, uh, that's the, the two deep of Hokie history tonight. We got the Louisville back uh, just two games. And then we got four games from Doug. Let's hope the fifth time is a charm here would really enjoy that uh, because there is a lot at stake.
0: Now, can I ask a question, Pat, um, as a long-standing Virginia Tech Again, we talked about it earlier, you have loved Virginia Tech for longer um, than I have. I'm curious of what the thoughts are of Louisville, Louisville. They're not a rival. they're close. Do we do we dislike Louisville? Are we neutral? How do we feel? We don't play them enough really for us to get super tied into knots about them. What is like the what is the outlook on Louisville? I mean, I grew up, I loved self-incriminating Bill. Here we go. Can't help myself. I was a big Teddy two gloves fan. I loved that team. I thought that team was a ton of fun. Uh I loved their national championship team. They were a ton of fun to watch. But what is the overall feeling towards Louisville from the Virginia Tech fan base? There isn't much of one,
1: to be honest with you. I mean they would smoke us in basketball and that was kind of it you know every other year or, or every year up until recently they'd come to castle we'd go over to the uh the yum center i saw them yep. calling it the yuck center uh after that <laughs> scrimmage loss <laughs> there's not much of a a notion or a thought in my opinion it's it's mm. kind of it's kind of like hey we have this like weird cousin relationship where they were in the big east but not when we were in the big east we never had any overlap. so it was like hey big east buddy but like hey you know it's like it's like hey we went to the same school but think of it this way it was probably like you know some aspects when um a football coach brings in an entire new staff yeah and the old staff and the new staff uh they don't work together anymore so that was us in louisville in the big
0: east yeah. Uh, Pat Finn hates him because he has the Rutgers. Much. He has the, you have the, you have the double dip though. You got him in the ACC now for Virginia tech. You had him in the big East with Rutgers. So Pat Finn probably doesn't like Louisville that much.
1: I think more, I think more of the, the big East, Brian Brom era, 2006, ranked number three, going mm-hmm. to Rutgers stadium on a Thursday night. And you got Rutgers just going, going to town. One of the best mm-hmm. field rushes of all time mm-hmm. and ammonium. In Piscataway. Mike Teal was the better quarterback that night. So, storylines. Louisville has won nine home games in a row. Now, they, they've they won nine home games in a row. That's impressive. They are ranked in the top 15. That's impressive. Why are tickets for this game $17 on the secondary market? Come on, Louisville. This is me calling out your fan base Why aren't we showing up? Why is demand for for this game so low? It's a 3.30 kick. It's meaningful November football. You guys control your own destiny. What are we doing? You've won nine games in a row at home. That's the fifth longest streak in the entire country. I mean, that's behind Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, Washington. If I looked up Michigan, Tennessee, Georgia, Washington's tickets this weekend, I'm sure some of them are in triple digits. Actually, I'm not sure. I haven't looked. but I'm sure they are.
2: I'm sure they Missouri. are. We're just playing yeah.
1: Missouri. I'm sure that's up there. Uh, but Louisville has beaten in order: Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, Boston College, NC State, Notre Dame, and Duke, and lost to Pitt. In between the Notre Dame and the Duke
0: victories, at Pitt, Ooh. Halloween House of Horror, ho- House of Horrors. You don't want to go there when you're hot. You do not. You do not want to go to. <laughs> <Africa>. <laughs> Stadium. You don't want to go there at all. No. I'll tell you what, the Notre Dame game this year, too, was a parlay buster. Um, that was when I, I remember going into the season, I was saying, hey, look, Louisville is gonna be pretty good. Like Louisville is gonna be a solid team. When they beat Notre Dame, I was like, Oh, Louisville is very good this year. Um, so I, I remember that. It busted uh busted my week that week. Yeah,
1: thankfully didn't parlay Notre Dame, just had him had him with uh given the points and lost second place in the ACC at stake. The first ever year where there are no divisions in the Atlantic coast conference, but guess what? The coastal chaos that happened last week, AKA uh, Georgia tech beating uh, UNC. We can still call it coastal chaos. Yes, Even if they're not in the coastal anymore, they are grandfathered in to coastal chaos uh, verbiage here. Bowl uh, bowl projections as of Monday of this week: Virginia Tech to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Louisville to the Orange Bowl. We gotta get wins, uh, six wins first. So uh, that's all we'll say about that. Some more storylines here: Jeff Brom and Dave Doran. Have you got? Have you seen a side by side of these guys? They look very similar. They may or may not be related.
0: The side by side is pretty shocking. Uh, they wear the same colors. Um, I believe they're both Adidas schools too. Louisville and NC State, both uh, Adidas schools. But I know you're uh, feverishly pulling this up here. Let's get a uh, let's get a side by side here. I know. I'm
1: trying. I'm trying to get better at uh, my speed here. But let's see. Let's get a look at the image. Okay. Get a little. I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's pretty it's pretty uncanny
1: I think I think Jeff Brom he's got a little bit of Rick chocolate
0: in him he does bros he, he does he does have some Rick chocolate him. Brian Brom
1: is Brian Brom the offensive coordinator is that what's going on yes and is he Jeff Brom's son no <laughs> <laughs> He is not. He is Jeff Brom's brother. Uh, so, Jeff Brom must be the older brother. Let Let's mm-hmm. do a, a vehement confirmation here. Maybe, maybe is Jeff Brown the older brother? Wikipedia fingers here, Billy Ray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Brian Brom is a younger brother. Okay. I just wasn't sure. Because Jeff is 14 years older than Brian. So, mm-hmm. but uh, my younger brother, Brian, if I was a, a head coach, I would hire him as my OC too. So, it's two Brian references on the pod. That is Louisville was great in the Big East. They had Teddy B, they had Lamar Jackson in the Atlantic Coast Conference. He won the Heisman Trophy in 2016. 2016, awesome year for ACC quarterbacks, by the way. It was. It was. I looked up what Louisville's doing right now on the recruiting trail. And the numbers from 24-7 sports are not going to blow you away from their last three classes. 2022, they had the 50th-ranked class, two four-star recruits. 2023, 31st, a little improvement with seven four-stars. And then, currently, they sit at 55th, as of yesterday, with three four-stars that are verbally committed to Louisville. However, the portal numbers from 2023 will absolutely blow you away. Like, hey, you know, with those classes the last few years, where's all this talent coming from? The 2023 cycle, they went out and got 25 guys. Jeff Brom, first-year head coach, he says, listen, let's flip this roster. They do it. Uh, Four four four-stars included. And one of them, guess who? Quack, quack. Storm Duck. He's still playing football. Storm Duck still playing football. And he couldn't duck the Hokies this year. Jawar Jordan, who we're going to talk a lot about, their stud running back was also a portal transfer 2021 from Syracuse. Mm. So that's kind of fun. Could have used him on Thursday. That is true. All right. So we're going to talk about the offense. Let's, let's get offensive. All right, let's do it. Louisville is known for having an up-tempo two-dimensional offense I mean, they threw for over 350 yards last week, two weeks ago, sorry, two weeks against Pittsburgh last week. They said, actually, we can't do that because we don't really want to turn it over against this Duke defense this aggressive Duke defense. They beat Duke 23 to nothing at home. And it was quite the opposite of the air raid passing attack. It was a grounded pound. They ran for 234 yards on the ground, really tore up a respectable Duke defense last week. Um, Braun wanted to slow down, slow down the pace, you know, control the time of possession. And they got up 14 0 early in the first quarter. Uh, two rushing touchdowns from Gerard Jordan. And they said, Hey, we're just going to keep running this thing.
0: And that's what they did. Gerard Jordan, dare I say, I mean, elite. I, I, I certainly would. He is so talented 163 yards, two touchdowns, on 21 carries. Five 100 yard games this year, 110 carries for 824 yards. That's 7.5 yards per carry with 10 touchdowns. He also has 10 catches for 174 yards and a score this year. And the common theme when Hokie fans or anybody is talking about Louisville is what happened against Pittsburgh. Two things happened against Pittsburgh. Number one, you had to go to Pittsburgh. Nobody wants to go to Pittsburgh. Nobody should ever go to Pittsburgh and play in Acrisure Stadium. It is where dreams come to die. Number two. Jawar Jordan, I believe he only had three carries in that football game. He got banged up, and that is ultimately, in my opinion, what led to their demise. He is the engine of this football team, tremendously talented. He will be the focal point of Coach Marv and this defensive unit next week, this week.
1: Other offensive stats, other numbers for the data junkies out there. Louisville is averaging 32.8 points per game. That's good for 36 in the country. They have the 25th ranked total offense, averaging 447 yards per game. And they are converting 37% of their third downs, which is good for 85th in America. So not great on third downs. We're going to talk
0: about this in Keys, um, but this is one theme that would have scared me a whole lot more barring last week's performance, um, but it is still worth uh, talking about. Louisville is 21st in the country in first quarter scoring. They're averaging just about eight points in the first quarter. In the first quarter, they scored 14 points versus Duke last week. They were all over Duke. Um, So slow starts are not going to be fortuitous uh, in our efforts here in Kentucky. So um, just something to keep in mind. They have a high-powered offense. They don't screw around. They get right to it. Um, So you don't want to be in a position where you're having a claw back. Uh, We see how that goes against the Rutgers, against the Florida State, who once they get up, they can continue to score, and you just don't want to be in that position.
1: Quarterback play. Jack Plummer. I fumbled the bag on the whole Brian Brom, Jeff Prom thing. I'm not going to fumble the bag here. I did the research. Jack Plummer is not related to Jake Plummer. Jack Plummer is a serviceable quarterback. He's a pretty decent quarterback. 143 of 244 on the year for 2018 yards. He's completed 63% of his passes for 13 touchdowns and eight picks. I believe four of those picks were at Pitt. He only has three passing touchdowns since September 23rd. So between... September 23rd, and when this game is happening on November 6th, 5th, it's almost 45 days, only three touchdowns. He's been sacked 17 times this year, and he is not a mobile quarterback uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Pocket passer has one rushing touchdown this year and 18 net rushing yards on the year. So he is not going to beat you with his legs. The stem of this running game runs through J.J. Jawar Jordan.
0: You are going to have to make Louisville one-dimensional here. Uh, If you want a comp, I got this from our guy, Mike Holmes, uh, Coach Holmes, excuse me. Uh, A comp for him would be Hudson Card for Purdue, Jim Drunkenmiller for you old heads out there. Um, But he is not a take-off-and-run guy. He'll only do it if it's wide, wide open. Um, But this is a tremendous opportunity for our defensive line who is – according to the stats and according to the results that we have seen recently, one of the best at getting after the quarterback, you are going to have an opportunity to collapse, collapse this pocket against this quarterback. If you put him in a position to have to beat you with his arm, Um, anything that we can do to keep the ball out of Jawar Jordan's hands is going to be paramount um, this Saturday.
1: But we also got to keep it out of the thrashing machines, hands, thrash, thrash, thrash Jamari (laughs) thrash. Is it thrash or thrasher? He's an elite receiver. They got an elite back. They got an elite receiver. 46 catches. That is a ton of catches. 712 yards, six touchdowns on the year. So um, DBU, you know the assignment. It's don't let Jamari thrash get the ball. Um, Probably the best receiver that we have been matched up against this year. I would say. I mean, I don't think anyone else jumps off the page based on who we have played so far. Florida State has some good wide receivers. Yeah, Johnny Wilson. It was the Johnny Wilson. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Let me walk that back. It (laughs) was the Johnny Wilson show when we thought it was going to be the Keon Coleman show. But, I mean, uh, Travis only threw for 170 yards because he didn't Mm -hmm. need to. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Benson was having a day. Yeah. Just uh, another note about their wide receivers. They have 10 carries this year by their wide receivers. So whether it's an end around or a trick play, uh, Amari Huggins, Bruce is the speedster and he has most of the carries this year on offense. Defensively. Pretty good. Pretty good. Louisville had four sacks last week against Duke. Six tackles for loss, but the best stat on here is the no stat. It's the shutout, mm-hmm. the donut. They only gave up 202 total yards of offense. Now, was this against a an offense led by a completely healthy quarterback? No, and Riley Leonard left the game. Um, but Duke did not pass Louisville's 43-yard line until the final drive of the game. It's, it's
2: the
0: first time. It's the first time in his tenure at Duke that Coach uh, Elko blowout is probably a little bit of a exaggeration, um, but was handled um, by an opponent. I guess you can call it a blowout. You lose, you get shut out. I don't
1: don't think anyone anyone isn't calling a twenty three to zero game a
0: blowout. Yeah, yeah, that's a blowout. It's the first time. It's the first time that anyone's really gotten to Coach Elko at Duke, which is. Shocking to say out loud, not because of Coach Elko, but it's the first time somebody's gotten after Duke like that. Um, Very, very impressive against a a solid, solid football team.
1: They have the 19th ranked scoring defense in America. They're giving up just 18 points per game and only 303 yards per game, which is good for 15th in the country. Uh, Just for those keeping score at home, Virginia Tech, is slowly creeping up and getting nestled. We're in the top 25 right now in uh, yards, uh, defensive or uh, the the stat specifically is total defense, 316 yards per game allowed by Virginia Tech. Uh, That is good for 21st in the country. Now uh, some other stats that Louisville is going to um, capitalize on here. That makes me nervous. They are ninth. Overall, in defensive third down percentage, so opponents are only completing and converting on 29% of third down conversions. Uh, the red zone defense for Louisville is a top five. You know, they have the third ranked red zone defense in America. Uh, after 14 red zone attempts, there's been nine scores and none of them have been field goals. Um, So if you get in the red zone, you're either getting a touchdown or you are missing a field goal. Um, 19 sacks for Louisville's defense, uh, which is pretty middle of the road. Pete B put this on Twitter today. Our red zone offense is bad, bad. Like really bad. Uh, I think it's ranked like 121st or 124th in the country. Which is not good, Um, which is why John Love has attempted 17 field goals already this year um, because we're stalling out inside of the 20. So that's definitely going to be one of the keys to the game. TJ Quinn is their guy in the middle. Uh, Linebacker leads the team with 61 tackles. Their second leading tackler is a defensive back. You guys might know him. His name is Cameron Kelly. What? What? 39 tackles from Cameron Kelly. He is number two on the team, as I said. Cameron Kelly and Storm Duck reunited.
0: Can, uh, reunited. Uh, they're they're crossing paths again. Cameron Kelly. This is no disrespect. It's just it's just the context. 110% committed to Virginia Tech, and then he committed to Auburn. He transferred from Auburn to UNC. He transferred from to UNC to UVA. He was at UVA for about four months, literally arrived in December and left in like April. And now he's at Louisville. So uh, ACC network really needs to do a better job. They could probably save some on budget if they did the ACC tour. If Cameron Kelly has some eligibility left, give him a camera and have him uh, do the tour of all the, uh, of all the ACC schools that could go really well. Really good, con- really good content idea.
1: I don't know if he might be doing like semester at sea or going abroad next semester or something. Um, Cameron Kelly and Storm Duck, both defensive backs that were at UNC one point and left. Armani Chapman is now at UNC. See how they pick last week late in the game against Georgia Tech. They have their own version of APR on this defensive line at Louisville. His name is Ashton Gillot. Gillot. Don't know if it's a hard or soft G.
0: Six, get this three. guy a uh, get this guy a razor uh, nil deal. Yeah, Gilotez, the
1: best man can go. He's six foot three, two seventy, defensive end from Boca Raton, Florida. Doesn't have as many sacks as APR. Only has eight and a half. APR is nine, eight and a half sacks on the year. Two forced fumbles. Ranks sixth in the country nationally in getting to the quarterback. Uh, So good on him. We are going to be, uh, we're going to have our hands full with uh, Ashton Jalote. Special teams. Nothing really stood out to me on special teams here. Uh, Brock Travelstead is their kicker. He is 13 of 17 on the year. Four of seven from beyond 40 with a long, of 53. Speaking of long field goals, Joey Sly hit a 61 yarder on Sunday. Sly bomb, pretty cool, pretty awesome. Uh, when I was watching the highlights of the Boston College Virginia Tech game from 2013 up in Chestnut Hill, they mentioned how Cody Journal had hit a 56 yard field goal. So Cody was in section five on uh, on Thursday, hanging out in, uh, with the Barlows. So that was awesome.
0: Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. keys to the game before we give you the keys to the game i'm going to give you the key to your hungry hungry stomach or the key to your appetite you give our friends at benny's a call you can do that in charleston you can do that in richmond you can do that in blacksburg you can do it at any benny's location give them a call order yourself a pie of pizza mention sons of saturday you will get five dollars off said pie of pizza look we're going to be in scottsdale this weekend And we're going to be watching the game down there. I wish that we had the opportunity to order a massive pizza and be the hero of the game-watching party. So for all of you that are able, go ahead, get yourself some bennies. Owned, operated, Virginia Tech grads, we love them. Check them out. Opportunity for you to quench your hunger while we hopefully quench our, or further our, uh, you know, I tried to think of a word. I couldn't come up with one. Quench your quench your hunger, and we'll try to quench our quest for the ACC title. Keys no, to the game.
1: No Benny's in Scottsdale. We'll we'll quench it with the uh, the Jack and Coke and and the PBR
0: out That's there. That's right. My key to the game is pretty simple. Must score points, flat out. Period. Virginia Tech scores touchdowns on roughly forty five percent of the trips to the red zone. This is ranked one hundred twenty fourth in the country. For reference, because everybody likes to laugh at them. For reference, that is two spots above Iowa. This past week, tremendous performance, but we finished five drives with field goals. That is not going to cut it against this bunch. Have to find a way to convert seven points when you get a chance to do it. Maybe eight, maybe eight points. Um, But we have to find a way to punch the ball in the end zone. Again, I feel a lot better about this. That stat is not awesome, largely due to the beginning of the year. I understand we're a completely different football team now, but that has been an issue over the course of the year before we couldn't get the ball in the end zone at all. We were going to the red zone and not getting any points. Now we're getting three. How can we get seven have to find a way to do it?
1: We have to stop the run. I mean, you know, we have to stop their playmakers. You have to limit the, uh, the connection between the thrashing machine and the plumber. You got a plumber throwing it to a thrashing machine. Nice. And then you have Jawar Jordan, who we've talked about. We need to slow him down. He's like, a, he's like a, a modern era Michael Bush at Louisville. And then in addition to that complimentary football, I mean, you know, we can get up here, and we could say the same thing every week of how Virginia Tech is going to win a football game. But com- this team needs to win because of complimentary football. Need to run the football. Need to uh, be dangerous in the passing game, but also run the ball. Um, as, as Kyron Jones knows how dangerous he is. The yard dogs need to eat again. I mean, back-to-back weeks. Uh, seven and eight sacks. Keep that thing rolling. You know, four or five sacks on Saturday would be pretty awesome. Uh, They did say that uh, Jake, John Plummer, Jack, Jackie Plummer is a statue back there. So uh, let's knock that statue down. Uh, But time of possession, limiting turnovers, play complimentary ball, flip the field, tip our caps to uh, Tucker Holloway and Stu Holt and continuing the positive momentum that special teams is having as well. You You get a fake punt first down one week, the next week. You got Tucker, you know, almost putting three digits of uh, return yards on the board there. So those are my keys to the game. I am excited. All right, let's talk about the lines here. Virginia Tech opened as a 12 and a half point dog. And everyone saw that and said, hey, that's a lot of points. I'm going to jump on that. And they jumped and jumped and jumped and squashed it down to nine and a half. The line right now that I'm looking at, Virginia Tech is getting nine and a half points. Um that seems a little bit more accurate. I saw some advanced analytics predicting a 30 to 19 ball game somewhere in that range. The over/under is 48 for Saturday as well, and uh, the money line that I'm looking at that I've already sprinkled sprinkled Virginia Tech plus 280. Uh, get involved if uh, if you believe in this team. Get involved. Over under forty eight, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna get get involved with the over under here. I'm just not a very good over under picker
0: for being honest.
2: Score predictions.
0: Score- <laughs> um, we'll start with mine because mine it's it's not necessarily a Debbie Downer. I think that this is absolutely a winnable game for Virginia Tech. Can I ask um, you a
1: question? Of course. Can you do the the higher score first
0: when you read it? I can try. Yes, I can do that. Um, <laughs> this is absolutely a winnable game for Virginia Tech. It's on the road. It's against a ranked opponent. It's against an opponent who scores a ton of points. Um, this is a big challenge for Kyron Drones, his first time going to a hostile environment like this. It's going to be loud. I think this is a winnable game. I also think we need to put some respect on Louisville's name. So my prediction is Louisville 31, Virginia Tech 24. Obviously would love to be proven wrong. I think this is a great opportunity for us to see where we are. It's not necessarily a measuring stick as the Florida State game was, where Florida State is just eons and eons and eons more talented than we are right now. That's just the reality of the roster. Um, But that uh, that is my prediction.
1: This team has certainly come a long way since Marshall, since Rutgers, since we, we honestly should just throw the Purdue game away. I don't think yeah. I, I'm that guy. That wasn't fair. That's me right now. I'm, I'm going to be that guy. The Purdue game wasn't fair to anyone, but um, I know that we're going to compete on Saturday and there's no, There are no expectations for Virginia Tech to win this game. There are expectations that Virginia Tech at the rate that we are playing and the way that we are beating opponents that we're going to go out there and compete. We only have one common opponent with the Louisville team, and we destroyed them. And I have Virginia Tech winning on Saturday. Keep Louisville under 30 points. Virginia Tech 27, Louisville 26. Uh I don't see us winning this game without special teams or defense putting us in really good positions to score points. Uh, whether it's a, a pick six, a fumble six, Tucker takes one deep, that's gonna need to happen. Um, you know need to need to either win the time of possession battle or, or come real close, but that's good, what's gonna need to happen. So letters from the lunch pail. We have Hunter McCann, what do you think the Hokies will do differently to catch the cards off guard? So
0: I did not have a chance to ask them. Um, But (laughs) You
1: had a good tweet though. (laughs) Uh, Earlier in the week about uh, what to prepare for.
0: That's true. So I'll, I'll go ahead and pull that up if I can get it readily available, but Virginia tech has done such a good job. These last couple of weeks of making teams have to prepare for so many things. I mean, This week for Louisville, they need to cover fake punts, reverses, misdirection pulls, power tosses, toss pass. Um, Virginia Tech is a top 15 punt return unit in America. Tucker Holloway is fourth or third as the highest return yards average on punt. They have a lot to prepare for. Um, Very different than the, I guess I can call us one-dimensional Hokies uh, that we saw for the first three or four weeks of the season. So – um I don't know what we're gonna throw out there. Um we have pulled out a different wrinkle every single week since this um since this win streak has uh this 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 hot streak has started. So um I'm looking for more of that. I'm interested to see what we do regarding the box on defense. Are we going to go all out and try to stop Louisville from running the football? Um could we see a couple guys with their hands down on the ground more than we normally see. Could we see, um, I don't know. I, I, that, that would be what I'm most interested to see is what coach Marv dials up to try to, uh, slow down this high, how high powered offense, man, I'm having a tough time. Um, but I'm excited to find out this hokey team has been so fun to see the different looks and the different wrinkles that they throw out there. And I expect more of the same look, this is not necessarily like the, uh, you know, like Bowling green going to play the New York giants. Uh, we have a very, we have a chance to win this game, but you're going to have to do some things to swing the game in your favor on the road. And uh, I'm interested to see what, uh, what they dial up. Sharkies shout
1: outs. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I have, to, I just have to shout out the dads, man. I got to shout out our guy, Bryce Chalkley. Uh, I know he was on a wonderful walk. Um, with Mason Elsie today, just just perusing through the beauty of the Queen City, um, rocking some paternity leave, hanging out paternity leave in the leaves that are falling from the sky. Maybe listening to some Sons of Saturday. So I appreciate it. Uh, shout out to another dad. We got O'Neill Hagen. Whether he is mowing the lawn or he is enjoying some bourbon on his back porch with the television, O'Neill, we love you and we are thinking about you uh i want to shout out dan marshall for his new single that came out it is fire and it is titled fire it is great pat did you compare it It sounds like chris young a little bit it sounds like dan marshall because dan marshall's building his own brand but this this could be the hit of the fall it really could i i felt i
1: felt a little bit of chris young famous friends my buddy jason he's mm -hmm. the sheriff yeah. Kind of felt that uh you know little baritone at the beginning of uh of one of the verses of of fire by mm-hmm. Dan Marshall. So that's exciting. I did join Bryce and Elsie on a walk earlier this year. Oh well, week. shout
0: out to you. Not a dad.
1: Just walked walked around Dilworth. Just a great neighborhood, a lot of foliage, a lot of mm-hmm. foliage. Why don't I you want... do
0: this? Yeah, do this because I want to have a, a discussion after this. Um, but this is This is crucially important.
1: This is crucially important. And guys, gals, continue to listen on Spotify or or whatever uh, Apple Podcasts. But also, if you're watching on YouTube, we do have to acknowledge a few things about this picture here. This is our – this is the Roback pick. This is the Roback pick of the week on the podcast. Uh, Our guy, Will Lawler, who's pictured there in the quarter zip, the charcoal quarter zip, finally got to meet him after a year plus of working with the Roback team and uh, got to see the rest of the team as well. And that was awesome. But uh, definitely check out Roback's collection. Um, They have the Berg, which is the maroon quarter zip that you see Billy Ray wearing here. And they have... The Commonwealth, which is the uh, Virginia state-themed polo that Ed and myself are rocking in this picture. You can't see it because it's not zoomed in, but if you zoom in, there are little tiny uh, Virginia uh, emblems on the shirts. I am sure you guys have seen these all over Virginia Tech uh, on game day this fall. Look at the foliage in the back, too. Unreal. Nearly impressive. The sunset on Thursday night, prior to game time, was Unbelievable. nothing short of majestic and spiritual. <laughs> it was great. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to chime in and, and agree with
0: me. I was. No, it was. I, I just wanted to see what adjectives you used. Um, yeah. oh,
1: oh, also, from the tailgate, this guy. Who is that? Help me identify this guy, please, because we want to have a lot of fun at the next tailgate, the NC state tailgate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this guy, Guy Fieri hokey, cause he has the guy Fieri, you know, visor and hair. I believe his name was Dave and he was crushing it on the grill. He let me have one of his, um one of his brats, which was phenomenal. This guy. And again, I do apologize if you're not watching the YouTube, but you know get hit to the youtube because it's great this guy was crushing the guitar and i said hey i would love to sing a song with you and he says what do you want to sing i'll let you know if i can do it and feathered indians was the choice and me and my guy got up there and rocked it the mic uh wasn't super sensitive he's like you gotta eat the mic you gotta eat the mic I'm like, damn, you sound like Billy Ray, but the opposite, because I eat the mic too much on the pod and <laughs> cause audio issues. But, uh, had a great time at the tailgate, as we always do. So I think those are my two shout outs. You got anything more before uh, before we set sail to Scottsdale tomorrow? For yes. the folks who go to Louisville, have fun. Enjoy. Yes. And, and thank you for showing up on the road. I know this would have been a, a more highly considered road trip from us. Um, but, you know, we got to show up for our boy our boy Griff out in Scottsdale. I know that if we went on Saturday, there's going to be a lot of Virginia tech fans in Boston that are just like, you know
0: what? Let me just, let me just do it. Let me just go. I'm just going to go two things um, before we leave. Number one, um, should have mentioned this at the top, um, but rest in peace to Bob Knight. Bob Knight passed away today. Um, absolute legend, absolute icon in the college basketball world. So, uh, thoughts are with his family and, uh, may he rest in peace. Second one I want to talk about. I just, I, I, I'm not, I don't have like a list or anything I want to go down on. I really just want to talk about this Dabo Sweeney thing that happened yesterday. Essentially, I think a lot of people took this opportunity to dunk on Dabo Sweeney. Uh, I have a couple of thoughts. First and foremost, this guy that called in was an absolute asshat. Um, 110%. Um, you can say that Dabo should, for if those of you who are listening, have no idea what I'm talking about. Type in Dabo Sweeney call. You'll find it. You'll hear the soundbite. Um, I understand saying, you know, he should rise above it. He should, he should be above this. Look, if you call in counting somebody's pockets and, you know, just kind of blabble on about a bunch of stuff that doesn't make a ton of sense at the end of the day, Dabo Sweeney is and has been one of the most successful college football coaches in the last decade, what he has done coming from assistant coach rising to coach that nobody thinks can do anything winning national championships competing against the best of the best, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Alabama's of the world, and really putting that program on a pedestal. I think specifically at Virginia tech, a lot of people don't like him because he has beat up on Virginia tech. You're probably seeing that across different ACC schools, Um, but I am team Dabo on this one. Uh, my other observation is I I hate that this happens when you win at a clip that you win at, um, you turn tune into not enjoying the wins, but you hate the losses and expect to win. Um, those were my thoughts again, team Dabo. Of course, I think if he can go back in time and handle it a little differently, he may have. But I would, if you are the person who would have handled this call with more grace, raise your hand because you wouldn't have. Those are my thoughts.
1: Silly fans are going to get exposed when they call into radio shows hosted by the coaches. Jason in Arlington, uh, which was, was in 2008. And thank you, Andy Bitter, for resurfacing the story from Kyle Tucker. That's a throwback. Uh, Jason in Arlington was not happy with the offense where we were having triple digit ranked offenses and top 5 top 10 defenses and uh coach Beamer let him have it uh, in a similar fashion, probably not Good. as uh not as elevated as Dabo. Um you know probably a little bit more respectful for uh for Jason in Arlington, but yeah, this happens. This certainly happens, and it's great entertainment. Um, selfishly, for us to send this to all our Clemson buddies and kind of get their feedback. Um, but these yeah, shows I
0: mean, are it, stupid. Like coaches, like this is not an, a positive. I think for anybody, um, this may come off wrong, and this may offend some people. But it, it's it, it's it's certainly my opinion. Some people just straight up don't deserve to have an elevated opinion like that. Um, I love that everybody can voice their opinion on a platform like Twitter or social media, but this is an example of somebody who gets on and has an an opportunity in front of thousands of people to voice a backhanded comment to an, it just, I I don't understand the value add of doing this. I, I don't think there's any positive that comes from it. No, there's
1: not. There really isn't. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's a podcast. That was a fun preview. We usually don't go this long on previews.
1: Yeah. Excited. Nervous. Feels going to be nervous about a game again. I'm not really nervous. I'm just, you know, I don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. We're going to find out. The next <laughs> time we talk to you, we will know. Everybody going to Louisville, travel safe. Everybody watching from home, order Benny's if available. Um, have a fantastic weekend and we will talk to you soon. By the way, the next thing that you will hear on this feed will not be uh, Pat and BRM. It will be Mike McDaniel and Ed Williams with a Virginia Tech basketball preview. We are really excited about the basketball uh, coverage that we will be providing this season. Totally revamped, multiple content owners who know more about basketball than Pat and I do. Pat and I love basketball. Pat and I will talk basketball, but we're getting some basketball experts to talk to you about basketball. Other than that, beat Louisville, go Hokies, go Bourbon, go sports. We'll talk to you soon. Go Birds, the ones of the Hokie variety.
2: to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, oh, I notice what you're thinking. Please don't blow this and and Try Dude.